Welcome to B-Side Stories. You are listening to a out-of-studio experience. We're in another studio, of all things, um, and we're here with the one, the only, Julia Capon. Did I say your name right? Capon, yep. Capon. Yep. I kind of say, like, Superwoman puts a cape on. Oh, I mean, people can amazing. remember it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you feel sometimes when you wake up? You're like, I'm just, I've got my cape on. Not at the moment. I feel like, um, you know, full of lurgy and, and everything, but it's all good. <laughs> oh, no. So, I'll try not to breathe on you. I'll stay over this side of the table. <laughs> well, we're here to talk to Julia today because she runs a website called Do Good Jobs. And while that might sound self-explanatory, we've got 25 minutes to actually get through what that means and how it got started. Um, would you like to give us the elevator pitch for what sure. Do Good Jobs is? I suppose essentially Do Good Jobs is an online jobs board for the charity sector like a trade me or seek, but really specifically for people who want to do good things. Um, so that could be the charity space, it could be social enterprise, it could be business with more than just a kind of profit purpose. So it's job listings for people who want to do good. How long have you been running this website and, and why did you even start it? It's a very niche project. Yes, <laughs> yep, it's been a labour of um, love a labour of love for a really long time. Um, it started it back in 2011 when I uh, arrived in Wellington. So I'd been living in Christchurch, left Christchurch just before the earthquakes hit, moved to Wellington and had always been working in the kind of charity, not-for-profit space um, in the ma- in marketing roles. And I got to Wellington and I was really sick of looking through Seek and Trade Me, trawling through, trying to find marketing roles that were in the charity or not-for-profit space. I was like, surely someone could do something better about this and there could be a specific jobs board for the kind of charity work or um, good work within New Zealand. So I thought, you know what, I'm working part-time at the moment. At that time I was working at 350 Aotearoa, a climate change group, and I had some spare time and I said to myself, I, I can do this. So I started a website um, and kind of just got the ball rolling in 2011 and it was my Friday slash every weeknight um, job for a really long time. It didn't pay me anything and I put a lot of money and love into it. Um, and then in the past couple of years, it's really grown and snowballed to the stage now where it's kind of my part-time job um, alongside being a mum to an eight-month-old baby. So yeah, it keeps me pretty busy, um, but it's a really great way to connect people with you know, doing good things. So yeah, it's been going, I would say now for seven years, but I, I feel like it's really only been going for three or four years um, with a committed kind of focus on wanting to see it grow and and more and more people coming to the website. And I can tell people I run do good jobs now and they go, oh, that's great. I love your website. So I, I really like that, um, that feeling. So yeah, it's so fun, especially in New Zealand. I feel like people are always looking for these kind of jobs. So cool to put them all in one place. Yeah, definitely. And I think one of the things I noticed when um, before I started Do Good Jobs is I was doing this informally. I was connecting people with work anyway. So I'd see that there was an organisation recruiting for someone. And I did this with a friend in Christchurch. She was working for a big multinational company. She didn't like it. She was doing marketing. I knew that there was a, a role at, um, coming up with another organisation that did great things, New Internationalist Magazine, and I helped connect her with um, that role. So, you know, I was already kind of doing that with friends and family, finding jobs that were out there and connecting them, but this was kind of more formalised and it enables me to reach out further than just friends and family and actually help other people get into jobs that they are a bit more passionate about and um, that they feel that they're contributing to society. How do you talk to people whose job description doesn't quite fit the job, uh, the do good jobs like ethos? Do you yeah. ever have people applying for listings that you think, mm, no, 
Yeah, so we've, we've over the years, I've kind of developed a whole load of different criteria around what makes a good job, because that's quite an often asked question. And so any job really that fits with a charity ticks that box. Um, social enterprise, so an organisation that doesn't just have a for-profit motive, but it has kind of some kind of world-changing idea behind it as well. They can operate some what-for-profit, but you know there's, they've also got an ultimate end game of helping change something in the world. Um, so those two kinds of businesses tend to fall into the... Um, the, the good space. There's a little bit of blurriness about some other other roles. Um, you know, obviously there's environmental manager, for example, at a large corporate. Um, how does that fit? Um, and I feel that it is it is still classed as a do good job. It's someone trying to make change from within an organisation, and that's really important too. Um, but really, the criteria has been developed over the years based on feedback from community. So people going, mm, I don't know if this job should be up here, um, and then being able to discuss well why. Why is it that you don't feel that this one should be shown? Okay, let's refine our criteria if the rest of the community kind of agree with what you're saying. So we'll, we'll modify our criteria based on that. Haven't had to do it a lot of times because most of the time it is pretty clear and, and majority of the adverts are from charities. And increasingly, as New Zealand heads that way, more social enterprises as well. So people who've got kind of values-driven um, or mission-driven businesses. Yeah, cool. It must be so inspiring watching like young and new social enterprises come forward. Yeah. Have you been? Do you feel like you're at the forefront of the industry and you can watch um, everyone grow? I wouldn't say I'm at the forefront, but there's <laughs> lots of other great organisations well, doing. Front door, kind yeah, of. yeah, definitely. I see new organisations popping up all the time, and I think that's great to see because it's not just relying on that traditional charity model of I'll start a charity. I want to save, you know animals, I want to um, end poverty and homelessness, you know, those kind of charities where people go, oh, I'm going to start a charity and I'm going to get donations and I'm going to fundraise for that. It's a really hard space to be in and, um, you know, it's really nice to see social enterprises that are popping up where people are saying, I can solve this issue by having working under a kind of a business model where I either sell products or services and in return I'm helping end in this issue that I'm, you know, working towards, so... Yeah, it's kind of it's really neat to see great organisations popping up all over, all over the country doing amazing things. Yeah, and you also list jobs that aren't based in New Zealand. You're yes, all over the place. Yeah, um, majority are New Zealand. So the only ones really that are overseas tend to be within the Pacific area, um, and that is from uh, volunteer services abroad. So they are quite heavy listers in terms of recruiting for volunteers. And I say volunteers kind of um, in inverted commas because it's a great opportunity for someone to get their, their flights paid for, a stipend, um, accommodation paid for. You, it's kind of not – it is volunteering because they're probably getting less than they might, might do if they're here in New Zealand, but it's an amazing opportunity to go and live overseas, help a Pacific nation to kind of develop. Um, I've got some friends at the moment overseas doing that, and they're just loving it and having an amazing time. So, yeah, they, they tend to list quite a few roles on Do Good Jobs. Yeah. That's so fun. Do you ever have listings come up on your site and you think, oh, actually, I'm going to apply for that? Oh, I'd love to. <laughs> I think I've got my finger in too many different pies at the moment and um, I'm trying to say back off things, but there are some amazing sounding roles that do pop up. Um, I think I've got to that point now where um, I like doing lots of little things for, for different organisations, so I'm getting more into a contracting role and supporting other organisations with marketing, comms, um, websites, all that kind of stuff. So I, I really enjoy kind of um, looking at different organisations and helping them 
yeah, to make more good things happen. That's really my my whole ethos and aim is to help all of the charity sector in New Zealand make more good happen. Yeah, cool. And what better way than to make sure they have employees? That's exactly. Awesome. Yeah, and and great employers, not just employers, but people who have the same values and are mm. interested in their organisation and helping them um, see their fulfil their mission. So yeah. So on a practical side, then how does it work? Do you do organisations or Nonprofits, do they pay for listings? How long do they last for? Yeah. Um, can just anyone look at Do Good Jobs and find a job, or do you have to be a member? Sure. Okay, so the details. Um, so organisations pay to make a listing for a paid job. So I kind of think that any organisation that's recruiting for an employer, they probably have the funds to pay for that service, and there are costs involved in keeping Do Good Jobs running. So whilst I'd love it to be free, um, you know, it's actually something that has to be paid for, and I think people... Um, value that service as well because then I can put more time into developing the community of people. Uh, so paid listings start from $99 so employers will go on and self-list those roles. All volunteer roles though are free so that's kind of a recognition that a lot of uh, charities out there need volunteers. They have absolutely no cash or they're starting up um, but they need people power so I offer free listings on Do Good Jobs for that. And then anyone who's a job seeker can look at the website see the jobs and apply. Um, they do have to register if, if the employer wants them to apply via the website, so their details are stored there and they can upload their CV and resume and all of that, but that's all free for a job seeker. Hmm. That's very, very cool. And you mentioned that um, that you sometimes that you need time to invest in the community. Uh, Do Good Jobs also has like a blog section yes. and like yep. beautiful content. What's your motivation behind doing that and going beyond just a jobs board? Yeah, so for me, my vision for Do Good Jobs would be in the future. At the moment, I feel a little bit overwhelmed with a baby as well, but to have um, just a website around doing good. So it's not just about jobs. It could be around um, volunteering. So I've started that. It could be around sharing amazing news and things that hap- is hap- that are happening in the community, um, around events, um, kind of just creating a a hub or a community for people who want to do good or, you know, to enable people to find out what's happening in the sector and, um, yeah, get involved in whatever form that might be, whether it's working or whether it's just networking, learning new things, that kind of um, area. So that's hopefully coming in the future, but it's going to be a work in progress for a while, I think. Yeah. Do you think the non-profit and volunteer sector needs that kind of community? Is it important? Yeah, I think I think it does. I think if we want to be stronger, we need to have access to the resources, um, kind of thought leaders, people who can tell us some interesting things and in, in a place that's accessible. So um, I think that's important in terms of having a channel for, um, I suppose, kind of development of the sector so that people, uh, people and organisations can become stronger. Hmm. Cool. Running your own website must be a challenge. Um, and like you said, you have a baby, an eight-month-old. Um, what what are some of the challenges that that brings? How can you can you share us a bit of an insight into what that's like? Yeah, um, I suppose over the years I've learned a lot about how to run a website, and I outsource the technical parts. So I've got an amazing um, web developer who's on hand to kind of fix things as they pop up, which they often do. Um, but I suppose for me, the the biggest challenge is actually responding to people in a timely manner. Um, and I like to be really prompt and respond to people as soon as their you know, message pops up, which is not great sometimes because it's you know nine o'clock at night and I'm responding to someone's email about why their listing's not appearing in a certain way or they want something changed. Um, 
and I have to think about how I can streamline that process a little bit because it is just me doing do good jobs. So I've, I have got a web developer and some contractors who write, but it is essentially me who's doing all that you know admin behind the scenes. Um, so I think the administration is increasingly um, you know getting tougher. Well, not not so much tougher, but there's a lot of it. So just keeping on top of all of that alongside having a screaming baby who doesn't want to sleep sometimes or running out of, um, you know, not having a, enough sleep at night. So, yeah, it's quite an interesting challenge. But it's, yeah, it's all it's all um, manageable at the moment. So, yeah, pretty mm. happy with that. Manageable is good. Yeah. So then on the flip side, what are some of the, the brightest and best moments of it? Um, I think... When people tell me, oh my gosh, I found my dream job through Do Good Jobs. I haven't oh. had a couple of people tell me that. People I didn't know at the time. Um, someone came up to me, I was at an expo in Tauranga, and just kind of having a stall for Do Good Jobs to um, tell people about what we did. And someone came up to me, um, Katie from Just Speak, and she said, I found my job through Do Good Jobs. It's my dream job. And, you know, that kind of thing is really really exciting to hear um, that people have found a job because my website exists um, you know would they have found it otherwise possibly but um, you know do good jobs is bringing them all together in one space that makes it easier for people to find jobs that they're really passionate about and jobs that make them feel happy and jobs that contribute to a better world so yeah that's probably the highlight of running do good jobs is hearing from um, people who've found um, great jobs and likewise employers who found amazing employees yeah you must be like constantly a little bit full of butterflies and like just like warmth from all of that yeah definitely oh. yeah some although you don't hear it that often it's only when you randomly bump into people or tell people you run do good jobs that they go oh I found my amazing job through that um so it, when you do hear it you have to kind of celebrate it and yeah feel really good about it because like someone said to me once, you only hear the negative, you never hear the positive. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 80% of the time it's kind of the, the drudgery and the, um, you know, this isn't working or you need to do this on your website, whereas 20% of the time is the, yay, I found my amazing job. So you have to revel in that 20% sometimes. Yeah, That's so fun. Well, if you're listening out there, Bayside's, and you got your dream job on Do Good Jobs, please write in and let us know. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be awesome. <laughs> Reach out to Julia, let her know. Julia will just do a happy dance. <laughs> Endless happy dances. Yeah. Why did you end up in the not-for-profit sector? What what is so what draws you to it? Oh, it's a funny question. So I was <laughs> um, studying marketing at the University of Otago, and I was in my last year doing my master's um, degree, and I kind of really didn't have a focus on what I wanted to do with my career. I just went to university because everyone said I should, and. I got to university and, it, and I changed around the subjects I was taking. I had no real focus. I did marketing. I seemed to do okay at that, so I continued doing it. Um, and then in my last year of, of university, doing my master's on internet advertising, of all things, back in 2006, um, I met a boy. And so the story goes is that he was studying um, and yeah, philosophy, and he kind of asked me a lot of questions about, oh, what do you want to do that's going to change the world? And um, other questions about what did I want to be when I was a child and all of these things that made me reflect and think, why am I doing what, I, what I'm doing? What is it that I want to be? I just want to be a businesswoman. That kind of sounds a bit weird. Um, and I really looked inwards and thought, what is it that I want to 
I want to achieve in my life. And um, yeah, I decided that I would do marketing, but for good. So I didn't want to go off and work for a corporate anymore. I wanted to think about how I could support not-for-profits and charities to to communicate better um, or to um, yeah achieve their goals. So that's kind of been my driver. And I always say it was, you know, just because of one boy that changed my life. And that's quite sad, but um, <laughs> but very true. So it can be that one person can change your life quite a lot um, and you know make you reassess where you're going and can be, yeah, quite a pivotal, pivotal moment in your life. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily sad. I don't think you should... Don't no, it's not sad, but it's just... <laughs> I, I find it quite, um, you know, that it had to be around one boy that I was in a relationship with that mm-hmm. made this this change happen and I couldn't do it myself so it, it's really interesting to think that that had to be um it, that came from someone else asking me the hard questions rather than myself asking me those questions so I suppose if you're out there and listening and you're not sure on your purpose or what you're you're doing in your life take the time to think about those questions for yourself what are you doing with your life where do you want to be in 20 years what's your life plan and reflect on what you wanted to be when you were younger and why why that changed was there pressure to you know if you wanted to be a doctor was there pressure not to be a doctor or you just decided you weren't smart enough or um, you could never go through the study, that kind of thing. You know, I I had an environment club when I was six or seven and my um, neighbours and I went around and we collected rubbish and, you know, it was on the way down to the, the shop to buy a dollar mixture. Um, but we'd, we'd do things and that was mainly because I'd seen a lot of, um, lot of marketing, or not marketing, but um, a lot of... Um, there was some awareness building around the the six pack plastic um, wraps that used to be on, you know, cans of coke mm, and things, and how rings. birds were being choked. And I saw penguins, which were my favourite kind of bird, being choked by these, and I just couldn't imagine that continuing. So I wanted to change change that, and so we had this little environment group. But I kind of reflected on that and thought, what happened to that person? Where did she go? And all of her passion and values for saving birds and making the environment better. So I, I kind of had to go back to those roots and think about where, where had that been lost along the way and how could I get that back? Hmm. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's a long rambly story, but... <laughs> no, it's great. It's such a... Um, yeah, the good friends in your lives, it lives, sorry, yeah. well, are the ones that challenge you and ask you all those important questions. Yeah, that's definitely. really, really cool. Hmm. Do, you think that that, do you think that that's a problem... <clears throat> sorry that we suffer from in society, that people get lost on their goals to become the best person that they're going to be and they go to uni because they think they have to and they end up doing something, God knows what, far off from their original dreams? Yeah, I think in my case, definitely. And I can see that that can happen for a lot of people, um, particularly in those kind of years at high school when you're making that decision of what it is that you're going to be um, or what it is you're going to study um, and realising that what you choose then doesn't mean that you have to stay as that forever. Um, so you're thinking, you know, I'm going to go to university and become an engineer, a doctor, a physio, I don't know what people might become. Um, that doesn't have to stay that way for the next 45 years of your career. And they do say that people change careers multiple times. Um, so maybe thinking more about the skill sets you need rather than a specific subject. So do you need creativity or problem solving? Um, you know, what kind of skills can you learn in that space to enable you to to change careers I suppose over time yeah 
And then do you think it requires a bit of a leap of faith to go into the not-for-profit sector and to do volunteering and charity work? And do you think if for somebody working in a multinational corporation that they're not so stoked with and they're scrolling through do good jobs, do you think they'd be nervous to apply for something like that? I think a lot of people, their um, first step into that do good space is volunteering. So it might just be saying, I don't, I'm not loving my work, but it pays the bills and I need to keep you know, keep there. Um, but I might have a day a week where I could support a charity or I could go in um, and work for a couple of hours a week or I could give them my skills, which is, you know, quite specific and tailored. So be it, say, a lawyer or marketing skills or accounting. You know, you can kind of contribute to a charitable organisation and you can you can give a lot when you, when you know something and you've got a skill to offer. So I think that can be one way a lot of people start in the not-for-profit sector and then they decide either if they, they love it or there's a few things that they're not quite happy about, um, but then they might decide that that's where they want to see their career headed. So, um, you, you know, they might find jobs within that area in the not-for-profit and charity sector. Hmm. So you're not just a jobs board, but you're also a guidance counsellor. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't say I'm a guidance counsellor because I think that's, um, you know, there's so many amazing people out there offering some great <laughs> support and mentoring um, I'm just a resource that people can go to to find those jobs and we've got a few blogs that might help them kind of pick their path and, and their direction mm. as well. Yep. No, that's really cool. What um, I'm always curious when people start off their own business or company and they you know start out on their own, how did your friends and family react? Were people a bit nervous for you? Were they right behind you? Yeah, I think most of my friends were really right behind me and, and sharing it and they were probably my first group of people in my community. Um, so friends have been really supportive and sharing do good jobs and you know telling their employers if they work in the not-for-profit sector to list on do good jobs so it's been a great support network um, it was so small at the beginning that it really was just a part-time side project so it wasn't like um, anyone was saying oh you're taking a big risk doing this and there was not there wasn't that much risk it was just my time that I was putting in um, so yeah I don't think anyone was worried about me going off and doing that so yeah cool um you started to say you want more more of this kind of community stuff in the future where else do you see do good jobs going um so yeah I think it will be hopefully in the future a bigger online hub for the charity sector so or not just charity sector but the do good sector um where people can go and find the resources some training or events or opportunities to get involved in volunteering or jobs so being a, a bigger larger platform that offers more services not just to job seekers but to everybody in that kind who wants to be doing good yeah cool how do you get the word out to people that um, they can list on your site how is how do you do your own marketing <laughs> yeah so a lot of it has been word of mouth to date um, a lot of it has been through social media so Facebook and um, promoting kind of jobs or um, the community just really sharing that with employers so it hasn't been a really heavy you know paid advertising campaigns or anything like that um, and I've done a lot of reaching out to charities to say hey do good jobs exists we'd love it if you'd um, list your jobs on do good jobs and um, yeah over time it's just kind of grown and snowballed that way um, rather than anything I've particularly done um, I've been doing a lot more around communicating with employers and job seekers, so creating a series of emails that they receive when they sign up. So for job seekers, that's telling them 
you know, the first first ones are welcome, second one's how to use the website, the third one's all about CVs and have you got your CV right and some tips and tricks and just trying to add some value along the way so that they come out of it being a stronger, um, I suppose, a do-gooder. Um, so their CV is better, so they're presenting themselves better and hopefully winning those jobs that are being listed on Do Good Jobs. And then likewise for employers, I'm wanting to try and help them recruit better. So, you know, if they can find, if they can hire and they can retain a really good staff member, that's going to make a, a lot of difference for their organisation. So helping them make sure that their job descriptions and their adverts are correct and they're paying the right amount and they're being transparent about how much they're paying and not wasting their time and job seekers' time by not saying, hey, this job's going to pay this much and, um, you know, someone else thinking that it's going to pay a whole lot more. So trying to make that kind of really transparent to providing them with tips and tricks on how to make sure that they are finding the right people. Hmm. Wow, this is so cool. Yeah. I'm really inspired Thanks. by Do Good Jobs. I think <laughs> it's such a clever um, and just logical thing that we that we were missing and now and for a few years now are not missing. So cool. Thank you so much for coming on the show and taking the time to share what you do with us. No problems. Thanks um, for having me. You're so welcome. Is there anything else that you that we've missed about Do Good Jobs that you want to make sure we, we know about? Um, I suppose if yeah, people want to find out more, they can visit the website, which is dogoodjobs.co.nz. My little promo piece here. <laughs> um, follow us on Facebook because we share some great content on there, not just for job seekers, but anyone who wants to be kind of doing good. And I have a, week, a monthly theme, so it tends to be around one theme, and I share a whole load of articles and content around that. Um, and we've got a weekly newsletter as well, which sends people the latest jobs but also a little bit of an update on um, the theme of the month or something good that I've read or something good I've listened to such as B-side stories um, you know so we could um, we invite people to kind of join that and then they can um, yeah take it from there and see if an amazing job opportunity or life-changing opportunity pops up. Thank you so much Julia. Thank you so much.